Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. And, of course, if you're looking for good apparel, good merchandise at a discounted rate, just go to 1210WPHT.com. Cyber Monday, 20% off hoodies for Kale and Company. It's hoodie weather. Hoodie weather. Hoodie weather. You're wearing one right now. You're wearing a Philadelphia Eagles. Salute to service. Salute to service uh, hoodie. Yes. Yep. 855-839-1210. What's on the cut sheet coming up 745 this morning. Also, we've got our morning mystery movie clip at 920. Another great prize for that. And my old buddy, my old pal, one half of the world famous, formerly known as the Bruno and Mays show, Harry Mays will join us making his debut at uh, 930 this morning. We'll we'll talk some Eagles bills with him, as well as some of these other stories in the world of sports and politics. So uh, looking forward to that. Bruno will join us on Wednesday. And also, we are close, as they say, efforting in the business, close to securing our buddy Sean Farage tomorrow Ooh. on the show. Oh, wow. He's so nice. good. Nice. Been a couple of weeks since we talked to uh, the great Trump I know. Story. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard he's got some new material, too. Good. Good. So, I mean, like that. We'll have a few laughs with him if we get him locked in tomorrow. If we don't get him tomorrow, uh, he's guaranteed me that he will be on again before we break for Christmas, which will be here before you know it. Uh, 7.03, though, and now you know it's time for the news. Round number two, the great Dawn Stenzelin, and away we go. And good morning this Monday morning, Cyber Monday, November 27th, 40 degrees. I'll tell you how warm it's going to get today. We are sponsored in our Kill & Company News Live by Piazza Auto Group. And this morning, so much happening. I will tell you that Philadelphia police right now are searching for a man this morning after they say he escaped from their custody while at Jefferson University Hospital in Philadelphia. So they say he fled in an unknown direction from the hospital and he's described as a man in his 50s with brown hair, thin build, last seen wearing a hospital gown. As he's <laughs> hopefully had the back uh, closed up, you know. Yeah. But they say the escaped prisoner is wanted for multiple warrants out of New York City. And officials also say he is unhoused. 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 And unhinged. And un, yeah. So. <laughs> and unba- unbathed, <laughs> undressed. I don't mean to laugh. Jesus. But, uh, so apparently, I don't even know what he is a, a suspect from, but there were multiple warrants out for his arrest in New York. He somehow ended up here in Philadelphia. They caught the guy. Then he needed treatment, apparently. At the local hospital, and then he took off. No, he's a Bills fan. He just wanted to see the Eagles and Bills on <laughs> Sunday afternoon. Crazy time. <laughs> this is uh, Philadelphia police searching for him. We also are learning more information as we learn about this suspect, and it's a suspected hate crime we keep hearing about. A student from Haverford College, among three students of Palestinian descent, shot near the University of Vermont over the weekend. So they now say that 48-year-old Jason J. Eaton was detained near the shooting, so police confirming they have a suspect in custody. So we're also learning, as far as the student, we're learning that he is a, a junior at Haverford, identified as uh, Keenan Abdelhamid, and he's recovering in the hospital. So he survived the shooting, recovering in the hospital. They've put out this $10,000 reward for any further information in the shooting, so there are some rewards growing as 
that situation has unfolded. They have this 48 year old, uh, the 48 year old man facing obviously many serious charges, but that's about all we have right now. This happened in Burlington, Vermont. So we've got that going on. And of course, uh, we've been talking about the fact that this truce has continued. We're hearing more and more as far as Israel and Hamas that in fact, as they're releasing more of the hostages, 24 hostages released from Gaza, 39 of those Palestinian prisoners were swapped because it's a three to one ratio. The question is, will they continue in this path and continue this pause as they've called it a ceasefire? But I guess both sides are open to that negotiation. Did we receive any um, lesbian basketball players from the WNBA that were held hostage, or was that a different trade I was thinking of? I'm just trying to process the trade right here and figure out who who actually emerged victorious here. I know you gave us in round uh, one of the news the four-year-old little girl, correct? Yes, little Abigail. Her parents were, I mean, just a, you know, all of these, it was emotional. But she's, I think, for Americans, because we kept seeing in the first couple days, they were releasing those hostages. Mm-hmm. But we were not seeing the um, what about the Americans? What about the Americans? Finally, that's the number I wanted to right? know about, right? And so, little, little Abigail, four year old, we talked about her even last week pre Thanksgiving. We were discussing, you know, she apparently witnessed these terrorists break into her home, murder her mommy and daddy, mm. but she will now be raised by relatives. So she she's among those individuals uh, released. But to your point, Nick, it's a three to one ratio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they keep saying that they're, there are teenage, they're teenage boys mostly in air quotes that are being released that are on the Hamas side. Right. Um, and that leads to a lot of concern and, and a lot of speculation that is this a fair deal three right. to one? Yeah. And you said teenage boys on the Hamas side. Well, I wonder what they're going to end up doing for a career seven years from now. Probably future fighters. <clears throat> So, uh, yeah, you got to give the get right. That's part of that's the way trades work, I guess. We'll see how it pans out. Yeah. So Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office, I know that there are many questions as far as will they continue? I mean, the fourth exchange is expected today and the last day we're told of the ceasefire officially during which a total of 50 hostages and 150 Palestinian prisoners are to be freed all women and minors. So that's so we'll, I, the the right now the tone of it is that they'll continue because remember they said we we talked about this last week before we went on Thanksgiving break mm-hmm. that perhaps they would go to 6 days. Right. So we will you know see how this continues. Right. I'm going to bring that um you know the the commemorations and celebration of life for former first lady Rosalind Carter begin today. So I know that President Joe Biden, First Lady Jill Biden, will, of course, be in attendance. And that's happening down south in her home of uh, Georgia. And that'll be three days leading up to the funeral for um, Mrs. Carter. Mm -hmm. So that's going on as well. We've been celebrating this morning, of course, our Philadelphia Eagles victory comeback in overtime. A lot of excitement. Gave you all the highlights on that one and everybody taking the victory lap. For that one, but uh, so much excitement. We also have a lot of excitement for holiday shopping. Amazon ramping up for the holidays, hiring more than 18,000 people between New Jersey and Pennsylvania. That's a combo deal, but these Cyber Monday deals, a lot of excitement over that as well. And uh, why not buy a new car from Piazza Auto Group? Put the big red bow on it. 
This is our sponsor for our news. Get complimentary two-year maintenance with the purchases of a new 2023 Acura, like the Integra, TLX, or MDX. Visit Piazza Acura in Ardmore, Reading, and Westchester. You can always shop online, piazzaacura.com. Thank you, Piazza Auto Group. Piazza Auto Group for sponsoring our Killing Company News Live and for our weather, because we do have our local weather forecast sponsored by Malvern Retreat House. So let's get to it. How hot is it going to get? Okay, for this time of year is what I'm talking about. So today we're looking at 51 degrees. It's going to feel good. Warm weather today, but a big change in store. So the sun coming out, we're going to, we're going to definitely dry out from yesterday's monsoon, it felt like. But the breeze picks up a little breezy this afternoon, but still, 51 degrees. Tomorrow, all of this wind woo, kicks in a cold front. It'll feel like an Arctic blast tomorrow. Gusty winds, 35 mile an hour winds tomorrow, partly sunny, but a high of just 38 degrees. But with the wind chills, it will feel like it's in the 20s all day long. You know, after further review, I think I'm going to head back down to the south. <laughs> I'll see you guys uh, Master Sunday, the second week of April. How's that sound? Nope, nope, nope. Wednesday, another cold day for your hump day. Winds finally relax under sunny skies, high of 39 degrees for Wednesday. And then we have a late week warm up. Thursday, mostly sunny, more seasonable, 50 degrees. And then Friday, as we move into December, Friday, turning cloudy, rain possible by the end of Friday, but 52 degrees. I will tell you next weekend, first weekend in December, we're looking at low 50s. So we just have to get through tomorrow and, you know, Early week this week is chilly, but then we resume the 50s. Sponsored by Malvern Retreat House. Visit Malvern Retreat House, nation's largest Catholic retreat house located in Chester County. Malvern Retreat House hosting men's and women's retreats, couples retreats, spiritual direction, recovery retreats, and much more. Retreat from all the noise. Hear God's voice at malvernretreat.com. Gale and Company News Live. All right, Don. thank you very much. 855-839-1210, cut sheet 745. The American dream out of reach, according to American voters. Uh, that'll be courtesy of a Wall Street Journal poll. We'll get to that here in a couple of minutes. And then also uh, some of the Black Friday online shopping sales records that were set today being Cyber Monday, how good last Friday was. We'll give you those details in just a couple of minutes. And also a lot of shoplifting, a lot of theft, a lot of retail crime. So what is Best Buy doing to combat that? We'll give you that story as well. But we've got about two minutes here left. I mentioned to you my nightmare in Nashville last Monday, a week ago. So as you guys know, I was out all of last week. I flew down to Nashville last Sunday morning, and I returned uh, Saturday morning, two days ago. Uh, about 10.30, I flew back in. And I had, Kristen and I, we had uh, the worst night of our lives so Kristen and I decided we were going to have kind of a mom and dad, husband, wife type night by ourselves in downtown Nashville. So Dawn's like, okay, here we go. Here now, yeah. we're, now it's getting good. Hotel hoo That's right. Now it's getting good. So the girls had uh, a couple of their <laughs> older dance sisters over to babysit them and had a sleepover at the house. Two of like the 16, 17-year-old girls on their dance team watched them. So we go downtown. Stayed at a beautiful hotel. We got down there about 5.30, quarter of 6. And we were going to have dinner in the restaurant of the hotel, a couple of drinks at the bar, watch the Eagles and Chiefs for the first half, and then go on up to our hotel room for the second half. So we had 
I had a, a, a great old-fashioned, and then I had two other mixed drinks. Kristen had two mixed drinks, and we had a spinach and artichoke dip, and then we both had this, like, real high-end, like, it was not a Kobe beef, but it was a, uh, I don't know if it was a, like a Wagyu-type burger or whatever you would call it, but it was supposed to be a really, really good burger with these, like, kind of neat-looking truffle fries with all sorts of different seasonings and stuff on top of it. So we, we ate, we drank, it was great. We go up to the hotel, 7.15 Central Time, Eagles Chiefs just kicking off because uh, we got there was no, nobody in the restaurant, so we got in and out of there quicker than we thought. So we're sitting on the bed just uh, ha- having a, another drink, watching the game. It's 17-7 Chiefs at halftime. We both must have fell, fallen asleep because it was just a snooze. I wake up at 11.15 p.m. Central Time, and I was sick as a dog. Sick as a dog. <gasps> Food poisoning. That's correct. I had it coming out both ends. Let's just put it that way, okay? Kristen Kristen wakes up, and she says, I can can smell it. (laughs) She starts with the same thing. Now, the plot thickens, Dawn. Okay, this is not romantic. This This is is not not romantic. The city of Nashville issues a water shutoff ordinance at 11.30 p.m. Central Time. So... Let's use some common sense here. When the water is shut off and there's no water power, I could not flush my toilet. <laughs> oh my gosh! I swear to God, this is God's honest truth, this folks. Is amazing. This is not. This is not meant to gross you out. This is more of just a laugh at Nick Kale because his life is so embarrassing type story. <laughs> so can't flush the toilet. Kristen and I having it from both ends, two way street, you know. Oh. So then we're like, all right, well, why don't we just try using you know either the sink or the tub because we're throwing up. The water won't come out. We call the hotel. We say, hey, um, what's going on? They say, it'll be back on by 1 o'clock. We're laying in bed, hoping just to shake it off, getting up out of bed every seven minutes. Then at 2 o'clock, they say the water will not be coming back on. So eventually they say 4 o'clock a.m., and I'm like, you know, the hell with this. We're going home. We're about 15 minutes away from downtown Nashville on Broadway where all the hotels are and all the honky-tonk bars and everything like that. So we get in the Jeep. We drive back. Twice we had to pull over on 65 South. That's awesome. I'm ralphing my guts. I mean, I, I'm looking at Kristen. I'm like, I'm done with you. I'm looking at people on the side of the road. I'm done with this. I was so disgusted. So we had the worst case of food poisoning that we have ever had. So we get to bed at 4:30 a.m. Tuesday morning. That whole next day, our daughters are basically taking care of us because we're just completely wiped out. I get out of bed at 3 p.m. Tuesday afternoon, shower, shave, try to clean up the place, go back to sleep because I'm still weak. I'm like, I'm freezing. I've got the sweats, the chills, the shakes. Finally, I wake up Wednesday morning, 7 a.m. I probably slept for about 16 hours straight. I don't even think I got out of bed for a little ginger ale for my stomach or a little Gatorade to stay hydrated uh, or even to use the facilities, which, thank God, our toilets flush at home. I'm telling you, the worst experience of our lives. We called the hotel back. We got a refund on our room since none of the water would work. I mean, they, they probably thought we were college kids that trashed the hotel room because our bathroom was a disaster. And, oh, by the way, the bar gave us our food money back, and they refunded us on our alcohol. And I didn't think they would because they would probably, well, you were probably drunk. And we're like, neither one of us had too much to drink, and it both hit us 
around 11.15, 11.30 on Monday night. It's when it happens. I mean, it's I, I, as somebody oh, who's as somebody who's had food food poisoning, I you would I would rather be dead. I don't wish Honestly, that on I don't it, wish it that is, on Kareem Jean Pierre. It is the worst. You know, everybody talks about COVID and this like <laughs> no food food poisoning yeah. is the absolute worst thing yes. you can absolutely have. Oh. I was. I feel like I was going to die when I had it, so I I, did I feel too. your pain, man. I did too. Kristen's like like she's got tears rolling down yeah, her eyes as she's driving it, home. It's brutal, and I'm trying to lighten the mood in between pulling over and throwing up. And I'm like, hey, you know, one day we're going to look back on this night and laugh. It's just not going to be this. <laughs> what did they think it was? It, I th- it, it was. I think it was either this, I had bad spinach or bad artichokes or something in the burger in the beef. It had to be the it. Wow, and was the, the beef were, medium? No, like it, was, medium? it was cooked. I would say medium? almost almost well done. What about the truffle? Use those are mushrooms. That could be it Wait, too. Because certain mushrooms, if they're like, you did, know what I mean, they have to be cooked properly. Yep. Did Did you and your wife get both get the same burger? Correct. Okay. Yes. So she had a side salad. I had the fries. And but you shared the artichoke thing. Yes. That that had to be what it was. Yep. Because there's, unless you shared the burger, the thought that it could be both burgers or bad. Unless it came from one big batch of beef that was contaminated, yeah, I you know, guess so. as they make the patties. So yeah, that was. Um, <laughs> was there any was... fruit? Because we had, remember no last fruit, week no. we had that fruit recall. No, mm. no. By the way, uh, Oof. my condolences also for uh, the maintenance people who had to clean up. Your I room. thought of that. Can you imagine? <laughs> I felt embarrassed, but I'm like, what can I do? <laughs> your your stuff isn't working, and I can't keep anything down. Why did they have? Why was the water shut off? You know, it's a good question. I don't know. I was so I was so focused on a not dying and then b getting my money back after the worst night of my life. I'm like I'm going to be down in Nashville for f- six days, and this is how I start my vacation off. I might as well just fly back home and do the show on Wednesday. <laughs> Luckily, the week got better as it went along. Wow. So you're sure because that Nashville was the one where remember the 99 people in 32 states had that salmonella outbreak. Oh, and they, there were deaths, and Nashville was like ground sent. You know, okay, like well then maybe I, maybe I had salmonella poisoning. Oh. Which I, guess, I wonder if that's, that's, techni- what... that's technically a food poisoning, right? That would fall under the, yeah. the general category I, yeah. of food poisoning. But they had there were all these different foods, and it wasn't even though we reported it here because people were traveling. Mm-hmm. Nashville was like one of the, the hot spots for that. <laughs> I must have missed that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. This is this is why I don't go oh my anywhere. Goodness. This is why <laughs> Greg stays inside. <laughs> Gosh! <laughs> so there Thank you go. God you guys are lucky. You're healthy though, because yeah. a lot of people were were actually hospitalized yeah my daughter brought me a piece of toast on tuesday Aww. afternoon Ugh. lightly t- here dad chew it slowly oh, yes olivia and here's some warm ginger ale oh, that's amazing there you go 855-839-1210 the american dream slipping out of the reach of american voters so says the latest wall street journal poll we'll give you the details on the other side it's kale and company working our way towards what's on the cut sheet here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. In partnership with the Valley Sports Casino, right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Looking forward to the uh, San Francisco-Philadelphia Eagles game on Sunday, 4.30. Uh, right now, the Eagles with the money line plus 108. So I would put my $5 bet on that on the Eagles money line uh, for that game on Sunday and you can get 150 bucks when the Eagles win all you have to do right now is sign up at fanduel.com slash greg fi- uh, fanduel.com slash greg right now go there sign up fanduel.com slash greg 
FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHD and the NFL. 21 and over, President PA. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Nick Dawn and Greg. 855-839-1210. Cut sheet coming up in 20 minutes. But kind of an interesting poll that I want to kind of tie into what we saw in the retail world. Uh, So Black Friday, and I'll tie this into the Wall Street Journal poll uh, on the American dream being out of reach for many Americans who vote. Uh, But the MarketWatch website, MarketWatch.com, reported that Black Friday online shopping was up 7.5%, a new record. Uh, They go on to say that Americans spent nearly $10 billion shopping online during Black Friday, a new record snapping up TVs, smartwatches, Barbie dolls, and more as the uh, big post-Thanksgiving shopping day increasingly moves away from malls. Discounts lured consumers to spend $9.8 billion online, according to Adobe Analytics, which tracks e-commerce and mobile shopping. That's up 7.5% year over year. Yet, when you look at the latest Wall Street Journal American Dream poll, Americans now more than ever are saying the American dream is slipping out of reach. Now, I know it's two completely different um, metrics, so to speak, or different elements to your life, what you buy as far as goods and services versus the American dream, being a homeowner, being able to have the, the perfect house, the picket fence, the nice yard, a two-car garage, two vehicles, you know, the, the, the savings account, the 401k, the, the financial comfort, knowing you're not living paycheck to paycheck. But Americans now more than ever are saying it's not attainable. Only 36% of voters in this new Wall Street Journal article and survey say that the American dream still holds true substantially fewer than 53 percent who said so in 2012 and 48 percent who said so just seven years ago in 2016 so what has happened in that time well of course uh, donald trump no longer in office Bidenomics, the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the housing market out of control. By the way, the average cost of a home is up 47% since 2020. So it's kind of an interesting um, difference here, Dawn, because it seems like right now we go out and we still, we still buy all these accessories and these gadgets and these toys the Apple iPhone 15 Titanium Pro. Uh, you know, we, we buy everything on Amazon deliveries left and right to our porch and our front door. Yet, as far as the big stuff that really matters, the things that you can actually accumulate from an asset standpoint. And one of the best ways historically to acquire and, you know, develop and build wealth is to buy a home. And hopefully that home is worth a lot more money 15, 20, 25 years later when you sell it. And then you get yourself a nice little nest egg. And Americans are saying now more than ever, the American dream is unattainable. And I th- I still think it is. I think you just have to work harder. You have to be willing to have that second or dare I even say it third job as bad as it is, as unfair as that may seem. But Americans now more than ever are like, yeah, that, that whole pipe dream of the American dream. 
It really is a dream. It's completely fugazi. It's not attainable right now. How could it be attainable with the cost of everything in today's society? Yeah, and I think that's part of why even some stores, you still go into some stores and restaurants and they are desperate to hire staff. And I heard a lady comment in, well, I was in a store and it, and one of the workers was just going on break. And she, she was saying, now you're going to come back now, right? Mm-hmm. She said, you won't believe how many people will actually never come back, young people, because they have nothing. They don't have a home. They don't mm-hmm. really have you know ownership of anything to really work for. And they're not having kids. They have their girlfriend. They're saving up, whatever, in this case, a young young guy. But she was just saying how hard it is to hire staff. Mm-hmm. And I think to your point, it's that we don't have that whole, you know, we don't have hope. That, that we have an entire generation that feels mm-hmm. hopeless. And right. I think that's part of why you've talked a lot about Joe Biden connecting the fact that younger voters, eight, what is it, 18 to 25, 18 to 45, whatever the demos are, that they just don't feel, they don't have faith in Biden mm-hmm. because they connect him with that hopelessness. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people that are probably like, you know what, why, why worry about my 401k? Why worry about a savings account? Well, I can't buy a home because it's not affordable. So since I can't do any of the big picture financially prudent things, I might as well just spend whatever disposable income I have on Black Friday, Cyber Monday. All right, let's get the iPad because you can't really save up because everybody's kind of living paycheck to paycheck. And whatever little bit of you know income that I have just sitting around, it's not really going to accumulate or add up to anything in this ridiculous economy. So we'll just we'll just blow it on ridiculous things that aren't worth you know the you know, basically the paper they're written on. And that's yeah. why that's why you know and I'm guaranteeing you. When Kareem Jean-Pierre rolls out today and there's any questions about the economy, they're going to cite how good the economy looks from a you know a shopping standpoint these last couple of days and say everything is fine. And the reality is, uh, yeah, sure. If you want to buy those types of things, sure. Getting a house, good luck with it. 855-839-1210, the phone number. All right, we will get to one other story in the world of retail before we get to what's on the cut sheet. Dawn just talked about retail workers not returning because a lot of times right now we're looking at a lot of businesses that are being hit with high retail theft, especially in blue cities. So what is a big blue company like Best Buy doing about it? What is their strategy for beating shoplifting? We will give you the details on the other side. But it is shopping season, and maybe you're in position for a new vehicle. Can I suggest the Piazza Auto Group? As a genuine customer of the Piazza Auto Group, I've thoroughly enjoyed learning about all of their brands. Yeah, I've got my truck. It's the Honda Ridgeline. I'm locked into that. I've got a 39-month lease. But recently, I visited a bunch of their dealerships right before Halloween. And one of the things that I love is checking out all of their new sport utility vehicles. And that includes one of their dealers in Westchester. When I checked out the Motor Trend SUV of the year, and by the way, it's electric. The 2024 Hyundai Ionic 5, fully electric vehicle with unbelievable technology. You sit down in this thing and you think you're at like an Apple store. The, the, the speedometer, the gauges, all the, the gizmos and the gadgets, they look like they're on iPads right behind your steering wheel, right below the windshield. It's unbelievable. Technology that delivers 300 miles of range and ultra-fast charging. Piazza Hyundai of Westchester and Pottstown also offering a complimentary home charger and a $600 installation credit with the purchase. 
Visit the nearest dealer next to you, or you can just check them out online right now during the commercial break. PiazzaAutoGroup.com. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. What's on the cut sheet coming up 745? My buddy Harry Mays at 930, one half of the formerly, I believe, the best sports radio show in Philadelphia talk history of Bruno and Mays. Tony Bruno will join us on a Wednesday. Our buddy Sean Farash, the great Trump impersonator, likely to join us on tomorrow's show. 855-839-1210 is how you climb in. Coming up uh, after the cut sheet this morning, uh, the Dutch Donald Trump and also Chainsaw Man in Argentina. How two right-wing election victories could very well be a sign for the United States as we get closer to our election, just about 13 months away. And then also uh, after the cut sheet, before we get to Harry Mays at 930, uh, if you've ever wanted to know how to go out of business, if you're a media outlet, uh, just do something like Vice did, which uh, they compiled a list of 100 ways that white people can make life easier for people of color. We will go through not all 100 of these ridiculous bullet points, but uh, I'll point out a few that caught my attention. All right, but one thing that has caught, I think, America's attention is the crime. And I'm not just talking about violent crime. I'm talking about retail crime and theft and shoplifting. And, you know, we, we gave you a story. I believe this was either the Wednesday or Thursday before I left for uh, Thanksgiving break last week. And we talked about how CVS in Washington, D.C. was not even at a point where they could put out toilet paper anymore. That you had to basically say, hey, um, excuse me, um, customer service person in aisle four, I'd like to buy a four pack of toilet paper. Can you go in the back and get it for me? That's how bad retail theft and shoplifting is in this country. But it seems to me that Best Buy has figured out a simple solution to all of this. And I think in order to achieve this, you need to compensate these people and compensate them well to do a thankless job, especially around the holidays where you're forced to work nights, weekends, long hours, open up at midnight, stay open till midnight. Uh, but Best Buy's simple strategy to beat the shoplifting pand- uh, epidemic in this country is more workers in their stores. What a surprising concept, which I think is fascinating because I just went to uh, Giant yesterday to get groceries after I came back from Nashville, and they did not have one and this was at uh, 9.25 in the morning I was checking out on a Sunday morning. I get it. It's a holiday weekend post-Thanksgiving. They didn't have one single person working the registers at Giant. Wow. It was complete self-checkout, yeah. which I would th- assume the more you go to self-checkout, the higher retail theft Absolutely. becomes. Absolutely. Because the machines can only make noises and say, please put that back in the bag hit button for customer assistance because if there's human beings there it's typically a natural deterrent you would think unless you see some of these videos in big cities where people walk into like a footlocker grab 30 sweatshirts and walk right out like they own the joint which if you've seen videos circulating around social media that's a thing again because as we know these retailers have told their employees do not Try to stop these people. Let them take the product. We don't want you getting charged. We don't want us getting sued, so forth and so on. But Best Buy, the electronic retailer with nearly a 1,000 stores, 
says that it is now preventing shoplifting at all-time highs through higher staffing levels in stores, full-service cashier lanes, geez, what a concept, security staff at entrances, and other strategies. CEO Corey Barry said on Tuesday, quote, in certain parts of the country in particular, there is a real issue around theft and organized crime. Oh, in certain issues in this country, in certain regions in particular, I, I wonder what, re- what regions those might be. Philadelphia, New York, San Francisco, Chicago, L.A., Portland, you go on down the list. With that being said, we have not called out material impacts to our business as a result of shrink for at least the last two years, Barry said on a call with investors and reporters. Best Buy has a lot of inherent advantages over places such as CVS because heavy flat-screen TVs are harder to steal than razor blades. But electronics are still some of the most commonly stolen items in mm-hmm. retail, according to the National Retail Federation. And retailers, this is this is really going to hit home. Retailers are reporting that shrink, which is like kind of your allowable retail theft percentage that auditors give stores and district managers and companies, you're allowed to lose like... 0.7% or 1.2% just because it's naturally going to happen. Uh, but the shrink has increased in 2022 19% to a whopping $112 billion and has nearly doubled from pre-pandemic levels. But Best Buy is uh, dealing with this in a variety of ways, including what we just mentioned, full-service cashier lanes, security staff at entrances, higher staffing levels present in their stores, and they have had a far larger success rate combating this ridiculous, lawless world we live in where the criminals, even at the petty theft level, they know that they can walk into these places the employees aren't going to do anything. Yeah, you, know, you got some guy who's you know, 19 years old in college making $14 an hour for the Geek Squad at Best Buy. Do you think he's really going to try to stop you? Probably I, not. Well, here's the thing with Best Buy is that every time I go in there, and now look, I'm not looking to steal anything anywhere, um, but every time I go into Best Buy, I always feel like there's there's a thousand people there ready to like, hey, can I help you with this? Hey, can, mm-hmm. everything's locked up. Yep. There's always a person sitting at the door that checks your receipt, especially if you have a big purchase as you go out. Plus, everything there has those, uh, those bar things on. Yep. So... Every time I go in there and buy something, they forget to deactivate that, and all the alarms go off and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I do feel like Best Buy is one of the, the most secure retail places. I've always in the felt they were that way pre-pandemic, Agreed. pre-stealing. Agreed. Right? Yep. Like yeah. It, it, and you talk about when you go into a place like that, especially the way they have it set. Like even like basic headphones. Like you know, we work in radio. Every couple of years, I'm I'm in need for a new set of headphones. Those are locked up. Mm-hmm. We know it, it, TVs are too heavy. You know, the video games. It, I mean, I know they now do, they do appliances. You know, Samsung makes dishwashers and, and refrigerators. Mm-hmm. You're not stealing those things either. Yeah. So pretty fascinating that they've got it figured out. Yet a place like CVS has to close up shop in in rough areas because they their theft is putting them out of business. Well, part of it is too when you think about the workers, and that's what we saw in Wawa in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. At CVS or some, depending on where they're located, you have employees who say, I'm not, I'm not going to work in this environment because these people are coming in 
and you know we're letting them steal because we're scared right but we don't appreciate the way we're being treated constantly mm-hmm. and so then that's that's i think that's a piece of it nick it's not just the theft it's that you're causing workers to say i want to work at a different cvs mm-hmm. yeah and and also too you talk about you know Best Buy being one thing of a lot of high priced high end goods. Yeah. To your point, like what are you and and maybe Wawa pays really well, but you'd they have do. to you'd have to pay me an incredible rate to work at Wawa and then step in front of somebody who's trying to walk off with a free hoagie and fourteen bags of chips who says get out of my way or I'll punch you in the face or you see this gun here. Like I'm sorry, I'm not stopping you over a thirty-two dollar theft, right? Yeah. Like my life is, I value my life far more than the thirty-two dollars you're stealing, or maybe they're paying me sixteen dollars an hour. Yeah, so. I mean, we've talked about it. Where it used to be, if somebody was going to, I don't know, carjack you or you know, steal, burglarize, whatever, they they just wanted the goods and get out. Nowadays, they're going to take your life just for the fun of it. Yeah. And that's the that's the fear I think for these employees. But for Wawa, they give benefits. They are actually a great employer. And so when those Wawas, and we talked about this at the time, when they closed here in Philadelphia, those workers were just, they were relocated. They're Mm -hmm. still working for the company. They just were scared. Yep. Yeah. And and the worst part of all of this, when we talk about the theft, who who ends up paying for it? It's it's us, the consumer. Yeah, the local community. Why why did the product become more expensive? Because it costs the company more to insure it because people are stealing. Like, there's a trickle-down effect to all of this economically, and it's all of us law-abiding citizens that got to pay 14% more for a product because it's being stolen at a 22% rate. So you do the math, and it all adds up. All right, 746, Monday morning. It's been a while. Let's see if I remember how to do this. (laughs) It's time for What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the Cut Sheet? What's on the Cut Sheet on this Brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo, where they have ample inventory of brand new and beautiful pre-owned Volvos. Enjoy the luxury experience you deserve. They always go the extra mile for their customers because relationships matter at Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out at Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Nick, your big take this morning was on the Democrats and will they put in a Gavin Newsom, or will there be a uh, October surprise? No, I guess it would be October. It would have to be during the conventions over yep. the summer. Um, actually, to be honest with you guys, I think uh, that the Republicans, or at least two of them, are doing a better job of 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 uh, of of criticizing the Republicans, i.e., Donald Trump, than um, than the Democrats are. So okay. maybe, maybe the Republicans are their own worst enemies. I don't know. I'm going to start with cut one here. Mitt Romney sat down with uh, Nora O'Donnell over the weekend. Oh, that was must-see. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he, he admits that he would vote for a Democratic uh, a Democrat presidential candidate over Vivek or Trump. So he... Uh, okay, I'll save my comment for... I've got to follow that. Cut one, guys, go. Who do you like in the Republican field? Uh, anybody. Um, you know, I, I would uh, I'd be happy to support virtually any one of the Republicans, maybe not Vivek, but uh, but the others that are running would would be acceptable to me. And I'd be happy to vote for them. I'd be happy to vote for a number of the Democrats, too. I mean, would be an upgrade from, in my opinion, from uh, Donald Trump and and perhaps also from uh, Joe Biden. Look, I like President Biden. Um, you know, I, I find him a very charming 
engaging person. There's some places I agree with him, but most places I disagree with him. Uh, I think he's made all sorts of terrible mistakes, but uh, I would like to see someone else run. So he finds Joe to be a very charming individual. <laughs> Notice he didn't say that about Trump. <laughs> uh, by the way, can I ask you this? Are, are the bathrooms working here? Does the toilets flush? Does the water run? Because after uh, hearing Mitt Romney, I feel like I'm going to have a, a relapse of Thank last you. Monday in Nashville. Uh, I mean, I mean, if you, you throw out the phrase rhino, um, I don't know that anybody embodies that more than Mitt Romney. What what is his deal? This uh, he so he just uh, obviously we know he's not a Trump guy. That, that's that's a given. So does he apply the same logic for why he doesn't like Vivek? Which is interesting because Mitt Romney, as we know, extremely moderate, the the very definition of a rhino. Yet he has no problem voting for Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis, two of the most conservative of the bunch. I'm surprised he didn't say Chris Christie. I would think if if you told me, hey, what is your guess as to who he would back in the Republican Party the most? I would guess it would be our buddy Sloppy Chris Christie. Well, it's funny you bring that up because Sloppy Chris Christie was also on with, hang on, uh, he was also on the Sunday shows. I know it's a shock to see Chris Christie out on CNN. And it's his MSNBC. best day of the week it's, is Sunday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so he is tying in the uh, anti-Semitism and Islamophobia to Trump. I'm telling you, these these guys are doing the Democrats' job for him. Like they they don't even all the Democrats need to do is trot out Chris Christie and Mitt mm-hmm. Romney, right. and they can just sit back and be like, "Look at it, these people are in your own party." Uh-huh. Like yeah. it's you know, it's, it's, and the media loves it too. Oh, by of the course way. They, they love do. it. Of course, they uh, she, he was on uh, with Dana Bash on uh, State of the Union on a Sunday and said, "This guy's cut thirteen. Go." Well, look when you show intolerance towards uh, everyone, which is what he does, um, you give permission as a leader. Uh, for others to have their intolerance come out. There we go. And so, uh, you know, intolerance towards anyone encourages intolerance towards everyone. And that's exactly what's going on here. Uh, and that's been going on for quite some time, not just with Donald Trump, but with university professors uh, on some of our, our, our most elite campuses in this country, with university administrators and presidents who have been unwilling to stand up against anti-Semitism uh, on their campuses, most particularly. And there should be no campus in this country where a Jewish student is afraid to leave their dorm. A Jewish student is afraid to go to their classes. A Jewish student is afraid to go to even have a meal in the dining hall. I mean, that is outrageous and it's wrong. I think governors in those individual states should be sending state police to make sure that they're protected on those campuses. Um, and we need to have university presidents who are willing to stand up and be counted against hate. And that's exactly what's going on here. We saw this display also at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, these are folks who are ignorant. And when they talk about Intifada, my guess is two-thirds of them don't even know what Intifada is. And if they did, they'd be ashamed of themselves for calling for the uh, elimination of the Jewish people around the world, which is what Intifada is. And so... You know, in the end, um, look, I think that there have been a lot of people who contributed to it, and I believe Donald Trump's intolerant language and his intolerant conduct gives others permission to act the same. You know, when, it, when we talk about the, the concept of anti-Semitism, I don't think it does any Republican any good to go after Trump or anybody else on the right when it comes to this awful um, level of hate that we have seen. If I'm looking at it from a strategic standpoint, 
If I'm Chris Christie or any Republican candidate, I'm talking about how the squad Dems and many on the far left have basically been in lockstep, in stride with Hamas and these pro-Palestinian supporters in the fight towards uh, you know the Israeli people. Who does? Who exactly does yeah. does, does Chris Christie win over there with that comment with the Trump Thank intolerance? Thank you. This is infuriating. And the next question from Dana should be, well, why did you work with him? Why did you desperately beg to be part of his administration for years? Why did you coach him leading up to the last election, not 2016? So he's so disingenuous, and it's infuriating to me because nobody... Trump, look at who he has had historic numbers with, the so-called black and brown community. Where is his... Where is his intolerance to tie him to what's going on on college campuses, which is because of the far left, mm-hmm. the far, far progressive left? Right, right. That's to me, that's a sin with Chris Christie, that he would pin that mm-hmm. on some on a president that he supported. Yep. Uh, that Wow. That's yeah. I mean, that's brutal man i'm surprised he didn't bring up the whole tiki torches thing from years ago right, while he was at it bill l on the youtube it's chat infuriating. says please save chris christie for the end of the show i'm nauseous sorry i know right sorry yeah. bill sorry it, about that. it wasn't yeah, between, the truffle fries either you had to do i know yeah rom what's worse romney and chris christie or nick's meal in nashville you know what you know what i gotta Jeez. i gotta say this i didn't hear you say that the truffle fries is what did it you think yeah. so 100 yep. percent. yes i did not hear you say truffle fries yeah that's that's what did it yep just do regular fries i will i'm gonna go curly fries next time curly fries go romney. i mean here's romney what a yeah what a total disgrace he says he'd rather vote for a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Oh, well, he you, got primary in his own yeah. state. That's why he's just his whole his own state doesn't even want him. Well, take it to the bank. If Joe Manchin becomes a thing, you know Mitt Romney will vote for Joe Manchin. I I would bet my life on that. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, well, these guys are uh, 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 trashing Trump. Uh, Donald Trump was at the uh, Palmetto Bowl on Saturday. That's right. Uh, that's a game between the University of South Carolina and Clemson. Um, he was there with the uh, with the South Carolina governor Henry McMaster. Now, there's been conflicting reports about this because I saw some mainstream media news coverage of this that said he was booed. Right. So i I saw the headlines and I was like, ah, oh, that's you know, that's that's time that seems odd. I'd mm-hmm. love to see this. I didn't watch the game in full disclosure. Not, so neither did I. I didn't see it. But so I went back and I was just like. Let me just hear, you know, see what happened because I'm interested. You know, this is what I do for a living, so I'm interested. Mm-hmm. And I pulled the clip, and I'm like, he certainly wasn't booed. <laughs> like, okay. he, he was, he was, he was raucously cheered. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we have the audio. You can see the video too if you're watching on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash/headtalk10wphd. It looks like a standing ovation for a for for a packed stadium. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people they fit in that yeah. stadium there. Williams Bryce Stadium is a pretty loud venue, too. and and it, it seems to be a, like I'm sure there are some people somewhere booing, of course. But for the most part, it sounded well. You be the judge. Cut yeah. two guys go. <laughs> They walk out on stage. Henry uh, Henry McMaster and Donald Trump. I mean, I don't know, guys. It looks like... That looks like 
Cheers to me. It sounds like cheers to me. Mm-hmm. People waving towels, the white rally towels. Yep. He, he's making his way. And this happened during halftime. Yeah. There's, there's somebody with a Trump sign. Mm-hmm. And he walks to the middle of the uh, field. Yep. I don't know, guys. Your your take. I mean, I feel like this is this is a yeah. It's a couple couple of things here. Uh, there's a big Trump flag in the crowd. Look at that. Yeah. That 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 sounds like cheers. Yeah, I would I would say it was probably ninety percent cheer, ten percent boo. If I had to put a number to it, Um, I saw a lot of the uh, mainstream media saying what you were saying that he was greeted with loud boos. But I saw a ton of uh, social media people that are conservatives talking about how he was cheered. I think largely cheered. Uh, Number one. Joe Biden walks into any stadium like that, does not even get close to that reaction <laughs> that Trump gets. That's number one. And then, to your point, uh, this morning, Newsweek tweeted out a story with the headline reading, Donald Trump greeted by loud boos at South Carolina football game, uh, which, again, Newsweek, uh, mainstream media publication. You know what I think the biggest issue with this is? Right. is The mainstream media will continue to try to show a few, like you could go to whether it's UFC or a college football game or a pro football game or a rally or a Waffle House or a Pizza Hut or wherever Trump shows up. They hate the fact that he has such a larger group of supporters than the mainstream media. Like the mainstream media wants you to think that everybody Mm -hmm. is like a CNN viewer and they despise the guy's guts when the the reality is there's such a large percentage of Americans that still like this guy and they can't stand it. Well said. I think, so what you bring up, that is the national sites like Newsweek. But if you go to the local news, just to contrast that, like Mm -hmm. the Greenville News, for example, it's significant, first of all, that this is in South Carolina. This is supposed to be Nikki Haley's I was territory. Just going to say, can you imagine if Nikki Haley? Nikki Haley would not get that. Is not going to get no. that. That was a, so. The Greenville News. Here's the headline: Donald Trump greeted with mostly cheers, a few boos at Clemson Carolina <laughs> halftime. That's, that's that's accurate. That, that's accurate, but that's the local news. Yes, I think that shows the mood of. You know, the area that they're saying, talking about his appearance at halftime, South Carolina's, this is huge for South Carolina. The fact that the governor chose Trump mm-hmm. and not Nikki Haley, do you know what I'm saying? That's oh, yeah. a that's a big slap to her, too. Where, where was Tim Scott, by the way? This is also his state. Yeah, he's, he, was he's hanging out with, he was hanging out with mm-hmm. Mindy. Well, what's interesting <laughs> about that, too, is, is that even the UFC thing, I mean, like, we played that audio uh, where him and Tucker and, and Kid Rock and were were introduced Dana White and they all came out. It was largely people cheering him on. Mm-hmm. And Bill Burr's wife 
who you couldn't hear or see. They had to take a screenshot of it, flip them off. Yeah. And that became the story. Right. I get it. It's, you know, it's a famous person's wife. So I understand why that made the story. But they always, the media loves to focus on, it's like, well, a few boos. I don't know. If I'm a reporter or mm-hmm. I'm a, and I hear that, I'm like, no, he, he was greeted with a yeah. huge, huge ovation. I, I almost it's, feel like there's an editor out there mm-hmm. in some newsroom saying, Find me the booze or find me the person that's angry. I don't care about the other 90% that are cheering them on find, because this is the angle we must sell to the American public. Yeah. And to the and for the local coverage, they they even covered that they said supporters of uh, president and they call him in the in the local paper President Trump, mm-hmm. not former, you know, Jimmy right. if you're listening, they call him supporters of President Trump. Waving signs as his motorcade drove by, some signs included sayings like Tigers for Trump, Gamecocks for Trump, Trump 2024, Take Back America, Trump is a Gamecocks fan, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of those individuals that they are showing pictures of or video of are African-American fans Mm -hmm. as well. And they also reported that Nikki Haley, who is a Clemson alum and trustee, (laughs) trustee, and was, remember, twice their governor in South Carolina, mm-hmm. did not attend. I didn't know Nikki Haley was a Clemson grad. Yeah. Oh, wow. She didn't attend? Oh, man. She didn't. She was not no, there. That's her, that's her state. You, she, you she gotta too, be there. She was too busy fighting, fighting with Vivek on Twitter. <laughs> now, now let me ask you, because I, I truly don't know, is this a is this a big rivalry? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this is, is like, huge. this is like, you know, Florida, Florida State. This is like, uh, you know, Ohio State, Michigan is huge. But this is, you know, this is a pretty big thing. This is the in-state rivalry. So does, so as a, as, as a person from South Carolina who's representing the state and is also a Clemson, like, she should have been there. I agree. Yeah. She's abandoned her state more than DeSantis has abandoned Florida. <laughs> She should dip in the polls because of this. But think about this huge stadium full of people. Hey, Nikki Haley, it's her. I think that's a big piece of this that the national media is not even talking about. Mm-hmm. And if you're the if you're part of the national media, right, you're looking at the big picture. I don't think yeah. this bodes well for Nikki no. Haley. Yeah, Shafe, uh, Shafe on the YouTube chat writes for a non-Trump rally. That was impressive. <laughs> was. I, well said. I, I agree. Yep. Like they didn't. I'm assuming they didn't know he was going to yeah. be there. And right? most people are going to that game regardless of whether or Absolutely. not Trump is scheduled to appear. Absolutely. My gambling sources tell me that Nikki Haley did have Clemson minus seven and a half. <laughs> and they did cover. They won by nine. So Nikki made a few dollars. <laughs> uh, by the way, streaming live on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. We're at 71 likes right now. So please hit the like button. I want to get to 100 likes. Also, if you have not done so, please hit the subscribe button. The subscribe button. Uh, uh, we're you know, we're well over fa- five thousand likes. Yes. Oh, so we made My- it. Michael Pelko was uh, dancing a little uh, dance uh, on Monday because we hit the five thousand mark uh, while he was guest hosting. Nice. So he's taking credit. Uh, for hey, it. great work out of Opelka. <laughs> nice work. Um. Uh. But yes, we're. Uh. But let's keep going. I want to get to six thousand now. I'm getting. I'm getting greedy. Holiday greed with stalker. Yeah. Um. We can do that by Christmas. Come on. Yeah. Let's do this. Uh. Twelve ten WPHT. At twelve ten WPHT uh, on uh, YouTube. Um, uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in now, uh, the we have a Cyber Monday deal yeah. on the website twelve ten WPHT dot com. All hoodies at the merch store 
are 20% off. Only today. So you have to go to 1210WPHT.com. There's a big banner there that says 20% off uh, merch uh, for for the hoodies at the merch store. Uh, pick them up today. They make great holiday Christmas gifts. They do. Woohoo. Did I say holiday? I'm sorry. Yeah. I meant Christmas gifts. Yeah. Yeah. And Hanukkah. Don't get soft on us. It's coming up. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> man, I, thank you for... I didn't see all that, but the coverage on this story is incredible to mm-hmm. me. On yeah. this... South Carolina story, and the think about it, we're less we're less than ninety days away from South Carolina's primary, which is February twenty fourth. By the way, f- we're, we're f- less than fifty days away from the first vote My from the first gosh. vote being cast. That's true. Twenty twenty four. Yeah. So uh, also just three days away from DeSantis v. Newsom. <laughs> <laughs> DeSantis should be out. At, right after Iowa, right? I would think. <laughs> is that what we're? Yeah. You would think so. Yeah. Uh, this story, I don't think, is making the uh, the headlines that it should. Uh, kudos, Nick Hale, to you for sending it to me because I didn't see this either. So on 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 Fox over the weekend, uh, I believe this was a Fox and Friends segment. They were doing a pretty non uh, interesting interview um, about all the Americans flying for Thanksgiving. I mean, you know, it's, mm-hmm. yes, we know. Everybody flies for Thanksgiving. It'll be the it, most traveled holiday a, of the year. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were talking to the uh, Air Marshal National S- Security Council, uh, Sonia Labosco, and she dropped this information, that the Biden, the Biden administration is tracking everyone, everyone who traveled to the D.C. region on January 6th. Even if they had nothing to do with the Capitol riots, 2021, we're talking what? about. So if you if you just went there, had nothing to do with the Capitol riots, you just went there, you know, whatever. I know a lot of people in this listening area did. Yeah. Um. Um. You are now being tracked by the Biden administration, at least uh, according to this new report. This is cut twelve. Guys, go. How many uh, air marshals are on planes right now, and how many do you think uh, there should be to get to a safe level? Well, Carly, we're not we're not flying right now. The only missions that we're doing are Quiet Skies missions, and those are missions that are following the January 2021 people. So we're either on the border uh, for illegal immigrants, or we're following folks from January 2021. We're not doing our regular missions where we're out there looking for the bad guys. So right now, on uh, most flights, you're not going to have air marshals. What do you mean by that? You're following January 2021 people. What does that mean? That means our primary mission is a little group called Quiet Skies. It's a mission called Quiet Skies that we're following people that flew into the national capital region in January 2021. You did not have to go to the capital or the rally, and you've been put on a specific list that TSA now has assigned air marshals to follow these people who have not had uh, any type of criminal investigation. They haven't committed a crime, but yet three years later, we're following the same individuals day in and day out. So you're saying that air marshals are now following people that were at the Capitol uh, on January 6th, and they're not tracking terrorists at all? Well, they didn't even have to be at the Capitol, Carly. They could have just flown into the National Capitol region. So if anybody was there for uh, a job interview, to visit family, we even had a gentleman that was there for a funeral. They put put on this domestic terrorist list just because of their geographic location to Washington, D.C. So these people did not Mm -hmm. even commit a crime. They weren't even at the Capitol. What? Do those people know that they're on this list? 
Some of them do because when they go to the airport, they get the quadises on their boarding pass, and then they have to go through enhanced security. <laughs> then they're followed by teams of air marshals on, on any leg of flight that they have. So, yes, a lot of them do know that they're being followed, yet they haven't been vetted, and they have not committed a crime. And three years later, we're still doing the same duty, and we followed the same people over and over for three years who are no threat to this country. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so if you are an average passenger on a plane, how concerned should you realistically be? I think I think you should be very concerned when you're boarding the aircraft. You need to look around to see who you might be able to to ask to help you, like a good Samaritan, because you're kind of you're on your own. If anything happens, please don't wait. There's going to be no law enforcement that's going to help you. So you need to have a plan. Look where the exit doors are. Look where your flight attendants are standing around you. But I would look at other passengers to see. You know, I'm going to be looking around for a football player or somebody, a pretty big guy or a couple big guys, in case you needed to take action. Wow. Wow. Well, we had you on to talk about air marshals getting sent to the southern border and you opened up a whole new topic for us to follow so sonia we thank you for that insight and joining us this morning we appreciate it that is a stunning revelation and i've got three things to say number one it is clear now the biden administration hates you that's correct you right now listening to this show they hate you more than they do Hamas, more than they do anybody that comes up through the southern border illegally, more than they hate Russia or China. You, the American who is a Republican, a conservative, a Christian, whatever, they hate you more than anybody else. That's number one. Number two, and I want to break down this actual content in two parts. One, how scary is it knowing as a frequent flyer as a traveler just traveling domestically as your average tom dick or harry that we do not have air marshals in the air to prevent you know somebody that goes onto a plane with an ill intent of you know sticking explosives in their shoe or having a knife in their uh, carry-on bag or you know having some level of domestic terrorism or violence because they are using all of those those resources to follow people from January 6, 2021 that might have flew to the Washington DC larger area to see Aunt Betty to watch the Sixers play the Washington Wizards or any other reason that had nothing to do with January 6th and anybody that showed up to support Trump or go into the Capitol. It's ridiculous. Did I, did I miss anything there? <laughs> no, sir. They started this program under Homeland Security after the 9-11 attacks. So the Quiet Skies program to mine, and this is where we always, you know, say we talk, we have the debate about big government and creating something. Everybody was for Homeland Security being created under Bush, right? And Not we everybody. have everybody. Well, right. But there were many who said, you know, it was this and Tom Ridge, right, was the first mm-hmm. who was tapped for that of, of Pennsylvania. But at the time they said, well, you know, this kind of program was launched then in, in after 9-11 because, you know, to think about a terrorist flying in the skies. Right. But now once a program like, in, you know, we we created that bureaucracy of Homeland Security and look at where it leads us. There was a story Right before Thanksgiving, about an eight-week-old baby who was placed on a terrorist watch list of with Quiet Skies because the baby is the child of somebody who's a January 6th defendant. Oh, yeah. yeah and we, so now all, even yeah. the family members, even a freaking wow. baby. It's a MAGA baby. Yeah, watch MAGA out for those ba- dangerous MAGA babies. <laughs>
Wow. You know, it's amazing to me. It's, it's one thing to say after 9-11 happens that we have to shore up security to ensure that this never happens again in the United States of America. That's a fair statement to make. But then when you take that and you, 22 years later, infringe upon the rights of Americans through security and surveillance and Mm -hmm. spying and infringing upon our constitutionally protected rights where the government cannot be doing A, B, C, or X, Y, or Z. You know, we've heard Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, in the last month basically say... Yeah, a terroristic attack is probably going to happen in the United States, and there's really not much we can do about it. God forbid, knock on wood, that happens. Uh, if it happens at the expense of resources that could have prevented it from happening in this country, that have been now allocated to searching for January 6thers, like Dawn, you gave us the story two or three weeks ago. Remember, we saw like those heavily armed feds going through that barn in that yard in New yeah. Jersey for that man that they were looking for from yes. January 6th, who I think what, he's a, he's accused of pepper spraying an officer, I believe. Like, That's it, what they say. If we end up having, if we let our guard down for terrorists, because we're going after grandmothers on January 6th, um, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have to have their their feet held to the fire. I guess on your boarding pass, if you're one of these quiet skies, if they're watching you, they put it's kind of creepy on your boarding pass if they put a bunch of s's it's four s's in a row four s's in a row s s s s okay nick uh when you flew to nashville did you notice any of that on your boarding pass you better look at your boarding pass <laughs> i did you oh know dude you, 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 i had my 1210 wpht free speech lives here hoodie on and i yeah. thought the feds were looking at me awkwardly because of what you do for a living there's zero question in my mind and the popularity of the show uh-huh. uh there's no question in my mind uh, that you're on some sort of watch list hey uh joe oh my be, gosh. be on the lookout that kale you too sat down you too. Yeah, both of watch you. Out me. For, watch out for Stenzel. And she's, she's, a, she's a radical. <laughs> she's a mom with a minivan. So just, you know, just to Mega reca- mom with a minivan. Watch out. So just, <laughs> so just to recap for all of those just tuning in at 8.15 here this morning. So if anybody, this is, this is the direct quote from the Air Marshal National, uh, National Council, Sonia Labosco. So if anybody was there for a job interview to visit family, we even had one gentleman that was there for a funeral. They were put on this domestic terrorist list just because of their geographic location to Washington, D.C. How about that? Mm-hmm. So if you get this SSSS designation mm-hmm. uh, and they give you that, what it, what it means, for example, if you go uh, to an airport, you immediately, you their TSA and federal air marshals are instructed to give you enhanced screening, and that means it's time-consuming. They have to go through, they are required to swab Every zipper pocket, every hem, so uh, all of your clothing, they have to swab it. Mm-hmm. For what? You know, when, when I mentioned Jeez. I mentioned 9-11 and then the Patriot Act and, you know, security. It's amazing how this, this government, and I, two things can be true. You can love your country and also despise the way your government operates, and that's, that's kind of the, the way I live. Um, but you look at 9-11, and then we have this, you know, surveillance state. And then you look at January 6th, and now it's like... We've got infringements upon the First Amendment and your rights to free speech. We've got the government spying on you. Um, we've got cell phone companies and technology companies that are tracking you. Uh, we'll give you that story coming up later, how the phone companies are, are kind of, you know, 
paying attention to what you're doing. We're we're even you know living in a surveillance and spy world now where Moderna is tracking who says what on social media about their latest booster. I'm telling you. You talk about the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, mm-hmm. and, and every other amendment that gives you things that make this country great. Every time there's a, a January 6th or a 9-11, those things come under the, under the spotlight a little bit more, and you see how they're kind of they're tightening the nuts and bolts on you, little by little. That story, I think, should be uh, more yeah. um, in the headlines. Well, Carly uh, Shimkus, who was the host, was the anchor for that, that yeah. if you were watching, great interview. if you see her face, she's like... Yeah, her head looked like it was going to explode. Yeah, I think this happened on the Fox and Friends on this, yeah. on Sunday morning. Yep, I guess it was yesterday morning. Um, so uh, we'll see how interested, like we'll see how interested the mainstream media is in that story in mm-hmm. the up- yeah. coming days. I'm you think sure. Nora O'Donnell will lead with that no. next week on the uh, show? No, no, absolutely won't. Um, a lot of a uh, lot of things happening uh, in the Middle East over uh, over this uh, long holiday weekend. A lot of prisoner swaps happened. I don't know if you guys saw this. I'm sure you did. Obviously, you did. Um, and you know some of the uh, how many one was it one American uh, that was released? Do we know four year old so, girl? Correct. It was oh was she- so the ratio. You mean the ratio one to three? Yes. Or no? I thought they were supposed to release. In total, three Americans. And people kept saying, where are the Americans? Where are the Americans? Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're, the fourth installation, they're calling it, is today. Mm. So they're to release more, they're saying, today. Uh, White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan was on a lot of the uh, Sunday morning shows yesterday discussing these prisoner swaps. And what really did Hamas gain from this? Because it sounds to me like they uh, they got the better end of the bargain for this. I mean, I, look, I'm not putting a price on any sort of human life because, uh, you know, to that person's family, it, they would move heaven and earth to get their loved ones back. Mm-hmm. I completely understand that. But do, does Ham, Hamas take the victory lap? Oh, well, if you look at pictures and videos uh, from Gaza over the weekend, it looks like they were. But this is what Jake Sullivan said. Cut five guys go. Now, now this deal includes the release of three Palestinian prisoners for every hostage released. And if you look at the celebrations, we'll show it now uh, in the West Bank as the Palestinian prisoners were released. Some of the people celebrating were waving Hamas flags and chanting, the people want Hamas. Are you concerned that this deal has given a, a huge propaganda victory, a reward for Hamas for what they've done? Well, I can't deny that uh, that Hamas gained some benefits from this deal. One of them is the ability to refit and retool inside Gaza. Another is to try to use social media and other formats to generate some propaganda out of it. Uh, and these are difficult decisions that any Israeli prime minister has to make. But this Israeli prime minister made this decision because of the benefit that came with it, which is 50 innocent people coming out of Gaza to be reunited with their families. And there have been past instances where Hamas has gained some benefit for some time uh, for prisoner exchanges and then gone right back to the same kind of brutality and lack of care for Palestinian civilians that has exemplified its rule for the last 15 or more years. And so that often fades fairly quickly. So a couple of things with this. Uh, you know, as Greg said, if you are directly affected by this and you get a loved one back, whether it's an American or an Israeli 
All you're saying is, thank God, my son or daughter, mom or dad are free, they're home, yada, yada. But if you don't have, you know, a, quote, skin in the game and you're observing the thing in totality, first of all, think about this. So I, I would say Hamas has dictated all of this. You had mostly peaceful times. Hamas decides on October 7th to do what they did. Then they held hostages captive for well over a month. We're talking about roughly a five and a half, six week stretch. And then when we have a ceasefire and we have hostages exchanged, you're winning by a three to one ratio. I think if you're the Biden administration or more importantly, if you are somebody running against Joe Biden in, you know, presumably the 2024 election, you're sitting there saying, you know, the, the hostage, the kidnapping business, the trade business. I mean, the Biden administration gets steamrolled every time. OK, yeah, you freed up some people here, but it was a three to one deficit to Hamas. When we talked about Russia, we gave them a arms dealer and a killer for a basketball player. While we have Paul, uh, whatchamacallit, still sitting over in Russia in a prison for what now, 10 years so the Biden administration, from a PR from a PR standpoint, they never look stellar in any of these swaps. So let me ask you this, because I I don't <clears throat> I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but I'm just throwing this out there. It, 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 so is there never because look, if you're the hostage taker, you're always going to have the advantage, aren't you? So like you have to at least you, initially the people like if you if you rob a bank and you take hostages, they're going to give you your demands that you want to let the people go right i mean that's just that's just how those negotiations work so i think the more interesting question is is that do we even negotiate like and i know it's i know it's heartless to say i know it's Mm -hmm. awful to say but like you know do we even negotiate when they have when this terrorist organization has has our people or so are you uh, saying you're almost you're almost damned if you do and damned if you don't regardless because if you think about it, you can sit there and say, okay, well, we'll negotiate and Hamas might get the, the victory, so to speak, and who wins the trade, but we still free up some people versus what? Playing hardball and saying we will yeah. not negotiate. And then it's a complete PR nightmare because then you have all the families saying like, well, wait a minute, you're just going to let my people die over I know. there? I, I didn't say it was an easy decision. No, it's not. I say it's a terrible right. decision. But... If they're if we're giving up a a lot in return for this, is it worth it? And I look I again I I know people are going to be like you're heartless. I understand. I'm not saying it, if it mm-hmm. was one of my family members, I I would want to move heaven and earth to get them back. So I completely understand mm-hmm. it. I'm just saying as a strat from a strategy point of view, is that the way we should? handle these things i i don't know what the correct answer is i can just tell you what the optics show and i think the optics show that the biden administration always seems to deal from a position of weakness whether it's israel hamas whether it's russia ukraine or even going back to the botched withdrawal from afghanistan they they have kind of i i think collectively failed in a lot of these foreign policy decisions uh when it comes to what to do and when to do it and where to draw the line in the sand. And you know what did we hear two weeks ago from Joe right before uh, we broke? He kept saying, don't, don't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's, that's, is that Joe? Is that Joe trying to be a tough guy? Like, I, yeah. don't really? Yeah. That's what you got. Yeah. Yeah.
Um, but to answer your question, I, I don't know what the solution is because you're, you're, it's really a no win. As soon really as Ham- as soon as Hamas takes hostages, you're kind of at their will, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I will say this: they know who these individuals are. And so they are, it's upsetting, you know, that the fact that it's 58 hostages released, 150 Palestinian, Palestinian, you know, accused criminals given back, but they know who the 150 are. So that tells me that they are not the, uh, the leadership. Mm-hmm. I still think Israel, as far as this goes, it's smart for them. Just get the hostages back. They know who they're looking for, and they know that if they wipe out, they need to wipe out the leadership of Hamas to make sure that their their rule is ended. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Right. But it, it, so it's it, a big picture issue. Is it really ended? I mean, let's take the same thing. Hamas. Like, right. I, but, yeah. But is it really ended? It's like, yeah, well, we killed Bin Laden. Did yeah. we end terrorism? No. no. The next wave, the next group, right. they're all being groomed. They're all being basically told to hate Israel, hate the Jews, hate America, hate the West, hate Christians, you know, the whole bit. Uh, Joe Biden was in Nantucket over <clears throat> the weekend. Yeah. Oh, nice. I heard there was once a man from Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> Not a joke. Um, he gave some uh, he gave some press conferences while he was there. It was nice of him at, yeah. the, at, at the White Elephant there in Nantucket. Mm. He imagined those hideous people in Nantucket. What a, a bunch of <laughs> anyway. Um, he, he was he was giving some updates on uh, what was happening in the Middle East. He says that the reason Hamas struck a deal about the hostages when they did uh, was because the Biden administration wanted to build a railroad. <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to build a railroad from uh, Delaware to Tel Aviv? He can't make this stuff up. <laughs> cut, cut three guys, go. But I believe one of the reasons why Hamas struck when they did was they knew that I was working very closely with the Saudis and others in the region to bring peace to the region by having recognition of Israel and Israel's right to exist. You may recall when we did the G20 about a little while ago, I was able to get a resolution, a, a, a statement passed through there saying we're going to build a railroad from Riyadh all the way through the Middle East into into Saudi Arabia, Israel, et cetera, and all the way up to Europe. Not the not the railroad, but it would be an underground pipeline and then railroad. Right, right. The whole idea is there's overwhelming <laughs> interest, and I think most Arab nations know it, in coordinating with one another to change the dynamic in their region for longer-term peace. And uh, that is uh, what I'm going to continue to work on. I don't know. Maybe when Joe was a little kid, he dreamed of being like a train conductor. He and loves he, these railroad he stories. He loves these railroad yeah. stories that are just logically not possible. I, I don't know. Maybe like, as a kid, he had those little, um, you know, you remember back in the day, you'd build the train track around the Christmas tree and mm-hmm. watch the train go. And it's kind of a hobby for some people. <laughs> Joe loves himself a good train. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean he's he's clearly. Remember, he tried to he wanted to build one from what was it from India to across the Pacific? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, this guy. <laughs> while he was uh, while he was up in Kennebunkport, um, or yeah, Kennebunkport. I'm sorry, that's 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 the Bushes. I'm sorry, that's the other elite family. Right. Um. Uh. While he was up in uh, Nantucket, um. <laughs> Protesters would not leave him alone. Uh, he was shopping, and he was at some lighting of a Christmas tree there. 
And the entire time he was out there, they were screaming genocide. <laughs> free, free Palestine. Here's, here's a little bit of how that sounded. Cut 11, guys, go. She's trying to shop <laughs> in Nantucket. <laughs> Look at him looking around. Yep. Which way do I go here? Yep. Well, anyway. You know, and then... Hang on. And then he's at the Christmas tree lighting. <laughs> Biden, Biden, you can't hide. Something genocide. There we go. Yeah, how'd you like to be assigned to his Secret Service detail? It's got to be like working at an assisted elderly facility, right? <laughs> and you just walk Joe around, make sure he doesn't soil himself. Um, yeah, I, I could just see Joe, you know, maybe going outside one day from his Delaware home and trying to cut down the Christmas tree, and he's being heckled by people <laughs> and protesters everywhere. <laughs> All the poor guy wanted to do was uh, find some uh, last-minute accessories and maybe stop off for a scoop of ice cream in Nantucket. Yeah, he couldn't leave the poor guy alone. The funny thing is, to your point, I mean, the only ones who come out to see him are the protesters. I'm yeah. sure, yeah. <laughs> Trump, Trump's got right? 74,000 yeah. cheering him on in, in Clemson, South Carolina, and Joe's got 13 people saying free genocide. <laughs> and it was like a low-energy chant, you know? Um, I, I've been dying to get your take on this, Nick Hale, because even though this is sports, this is such a... Um, it's such an interesting story to me. This happened on Wednesday night. The San Antonio Spurs were playing um, the... L.A. Clippers, uh, by the way, the new home of uh, James Harden. And Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers uh, takes to the foul line or the or the, free, the free throw line. Yep. To shoot. Uh, free throws. Free throws. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, and, you know, the crowd is heckling him. And Greg, Pop- Greg Popovich, uh, the uh, the coach of the San Antonio Spurs, grabs the microphone. It's something I've never seen before, mm-hmm. and does this. Cut seven, guys. Go. Percent from the line in the season. And Kawhi with eight points tonight, three of five from the floor. It is only three. Excuse me for a second. Pops on Can the we mic. Stop all the boo and let these guys play. It's not our class. It's not who we are. Knock off the booing. What? Knock off the booing. I'm telling the fans to lay off Kawhi Leonard. But that's not San Antonio. What? So Greg Popovich basically says, "You damn your First Amendment rights to free speech to boo a guy that used to play here for you. Yes. Um, you know, in, in the world of basketball, there's two incredibly woke head coaches, uh, Steve Kerr of the Golden State Warriors, surprise, surprise, out in the Bay Area, and then that jackass right there, Greg Popovich, <laughs> uh, for the San Antonio Spurs, two left-wing nutjobs uh, who despise Republicans and Donald Trump. But, you know, here's the crazy part. Like, I remember, and if you're if you're part of our older audience, um, you know, if you're probably, you, I would think, to remember this guy, you have to be in your 60s, maybe 70s. There was a Bengals head coach in the 70s by the name of Sam Weish. 
coach in the NFL who got on the microphone because fans were throwing trash on the field in Cincinnati. This had to be the late 70s, maybe right around 1980. So we're talking 45 years ago or so. And he's like, you will not throw garbage on this field. Absolutely right in saying that. The complete opposite here with a head coach telling you as a fan who pays your hard-earned money that you will not boo and that is not who we are. It is it is every I mean like that's how the fans react of course. Like that's that's part of sports. Cheering, Cheering booing. Yes. It's, it's it's like it's as old as anything. Uh-huh. What an old he needs to just he needs to retire. He is he you know what he is? He's like Howard Stern. He yeah. he used to be this guy who was you know, very braggadocious, a lot of bravado. He'd get technicaled up by the referees. He would run his mouth. And then over the last 10 years, he's just become this left-wing little snowflake. <laughs> just go retire, dude. So he was asked about this at the uh, at the press conference at the end of the game, and he gave an explanation of why he did it, and then somebody followed up, and he was not happy that this reporter followed up, cut eight guys go. Anybody that knows anything about sports, you don't poke the bear. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? But you, you told the fans that it was... I just, I just told you why I did it. What, can you clarify that, though? What, um, like I, I, I spoke English, I just told you. you Anybody that knows anything about sports knows you don't poke the bear. That's my answer. The guy just needs to retire, honestly. He does. He does. Awful. I, I thought Steve Kerr for the Warriors was um, the biggest uh, softy in the NBA. He was, this is the guy who was crying during the BLM movement um, in San Antonio, uh, San Francisco. But Greg Popovich might have taken back the mantle as uh, the number one <laughs> snowflake woke coach in the NBA. Just amazing. We'll get Harry May's thoughts on that. Let's have, can we have that at 930? I want to play that for Harry. absolutely can. We'll have some we, thoughts. We absolutely can. Uh, one more, and then we'll get to Dawn's big three. Um, so let's let's end on a lighter note. Uh, this trans non-binary TikToker found religion, and uh-huh. I'm sure you guys are both like, "Wow, that's great!" I'm okay. happy for this person yep. uh, for finding religion. All right now, just find a psychiatrist. Uh, that religion is. Uh, let me look here. Um, Islam. Oh, okay. The religion that probably doesn't condone your beliefs. Okay. But you found something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'd be like me looking in my underwear drawer and finding some socks. I, you I found see, something. It yeah, just wasn't you, like... You, probably, have, you have to see the video here. Okay. This, is just, this person uh, discovering uh, uh, the religion of, of Islam. And uh, yeah, uh, cut 10, guys. Just started reading the Quran and I am so excited about it. People thought when I first asked that I just wanted to read it out of curiosity, but I want to read it to study it. I started following somebody on social media that teaches the Quran and hosts a Quran book club for Muslims and non-Muslims. So I'm really excited to start going to that. All right, let, let, let me just stop it here for one second. Uh, this person has um, a mustache, uh, long hair, nose ring, nose ring. Uh, and this is not like a grandma mustache this no, is like no, a this is like manly, a, yes this is a, a biological male yeah <laughs> well i wouldn't say it's a manly stash is it a man or is it a what no it's a is man it, that's a that's a with the biological look, yeah, look at the tattoos on the forearms with the forearm hair yeah, yeah. that's a dude youtube.com slash at 1210wphd uh if you want to see this uh so they're reading the quran or quran and uh hearing all about uh uh-huh. mu- 
Muhammad. Yeah. Who wants to um, <laughs> tell them? Who wants to let him in on a little secret? <laughs> All right. Uh, we continue, guys. Go. She was describing the chapter of the bee, and that just blew my mind. Like, the way that she describes things and the way that the Quran describes things actually makes sense to me. And also, did you know that Allah is beyond gender? Did you know that actually scholars believe that there are two Qurans, the Quran of nature and the Quran, the actual book? And did you know that each chapter is named after a natural phenomenon? I just, I don't know. This whole book is just blowing my mind, and I am so excited. I got sticky notes so that I could mark out things that I was ex- that I was drawn to, and, uh, I'm not even through the first chapter, and I already have a bunch of sticky notes. I'm definitely going to have to buy more tabs. I'm honestly having a whole revolution with myself where the way that I describe the universe and the things that I believe in are actually described in the Quran of believing in Allah. And I've never thought that I believed in God before, and now I'm really having a revolution of self of... I think I actually believe in God. If you've been curious, I really recommend it. There are a lot of people who are converting. There's a lot of people who are reading it. I'm not saying I'm going to convert. I'm not saying that I wouldn't. Mm. Um, so and I, I don't saying? know. I just, I know that this is exactly what I need right now. I just wanted to say thank you and just point out how excited I am. So a couple of things. Uh, <laughs> you notice the, the, the sheer amount of sticky notes inside of that book? Yeah. That's how my first law school book looked. I had all these little post-its in there because I had no idea what the hell I was studying. Uh, number two, you, you notice the little energy burst at the end there? Very, very um, reminiscent of Dylan Mulvaney. There's something about this community that gets this like real high energy in random spurts. It's, it's kind of like Joe Biden <laughs> when Joe yells during a, a State of the Union. But lastly, I mean, you guys tell me, you know, you guys, we, we all keep each other in check here. Uh, would I be out of line if I just came up to that individual and, you know, I have my index finger and you see how I have my index finger right here and yeah. I'm doing the little looky, looky, yeah. come here thing. Yeah. If I just stuck that, my index finger inside that nose ring <laughs> no. and, I, and I just, I just pulled them a little closer to me and I said, they will cut your bleeping head off. <laughs> but I'd be out of line. I mean, I'm trying to preserve a life here. I'm trying to help this individual see the light. I know he didn't read the Bible, uh, whether it's the <laughs> New International Version or the Saint James, uh, the Saint uh, whatever the original, the, the Saint, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever, the, the more difficult version. I was always an NIV Bible guy with the little footnotes in red. It was easier for me to digest in in Catholic school. Um, but anywho, so he reads the Quran, <laughs> and he's uh, he has not saying that he's uh, what he's not saying he's going to convert, but he's not saying he won't either. That's... So what exactly are you saying? That 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 they're very confused. That they are. Yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, like when you was that a TikTok video? Of course. Okay. Come on, man. (laughs) I I I think moving forward, like there should be. uh, If we can't, uh, I've given up the the efforts to get TikTok banned. Uh, It's never going to happen. And then, of course, if you're if you don't believe in banning things and they don't work, like Greg Stalker says, that's not going to happen either. But there should be a disclaimer. Like once you download in your app store the TikTok app, mm. it should come with like, you know, those agreements where you say, I've read this, I read that, I agree to this. It should provide you like a mental health phone number on the app. So prior to you having some of these absurd meltdowns, you could maybe consult with somebody that could put you on some medicine and get you back on the right track. Just a thought. I just I just love that they all they all go towards this religion that hates them. It's I know. Un- the whole LGBTQ plus community in the we I, mean, I, I I still will never 
lose the visual of six weeks ago, the first time we saw protesters, with the one guy in New York, or girl or whatever, that had a sign that said, Queers for Hamas. Yep. What? Yep. I know. All right, we should break and then come back and do Dawn's Big Three. Yeah, let's do Dawn's Big Three on the other side. Uh, We've also got the merch store, 20% off. It's Cyber Monday. Uh, Morning Mystery Movie Clip at 920. Harry Mays at 930. We're back after this on Kale and Company. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. I said this earlier. I'm taking the Eagles on Sunday with the money line at plus 108. Plunk $5 down on that, and you can win $150 in bonus bets if if the Eagles win. All you have to do is sign up right now using Fandle. Fandle.com slash Greg. Fandle.com slash Greg. Sign up right now. Fandle Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210WPHT. And the NFL, 21 and over, President PA, first online real money wager only, $5 pregame money line, wager required, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue does not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.